bishop of the Diocese of Orlando is also the bishop of the moon. Canon law states that the bishop of a port that launches a voyage of discovery is the de facto bishop of newly discovered territories until those lands receive their own bishop. So the religious leader of Disney World is also responsible for the moon. And that fact comes to us from Redditor BoB2, because I give credit on this show. And what's the show? Why, it's Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name, as always, is Henry. And my name is, I thought that was a riddle until it was 90% over John. And together we're Henry and John coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist in order to make the moon a better place. Henry, I'm excited about the moon, but I have to tell you. Hmm? The House vote to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas failed Tuesday evening, a stunning blow to House Republicans who had pushed the effort as a key political goal. The House vote was 214 to 216. Three Republicans, Colorado Representative Ken Buck, Wisconsin Representative Mike Gallagher, and California Representative Tom McClintock joined the Democrats in voting against the resolution. GOP Representative Blake Moore joined the no side to allow the House GOP to bring up the vote again, even though House Republicans suffered a massive defeat and failed to impeach Mayorkas on Tuesday. GOP leadership said they plan to bring up the vote again. House Homeland Security Chairman Mark Green framed the failed vote as merely a delay in the process and said that the House would vote again when Majority Leader Steve Scalise returns from receiving cancer treatments. Hello to you too, John. I just thought I would uh, get that out of the way up top because it seems to be a news story a lot of people are talking about, but I don't uh, think is maybe that important. I have uh, no idea. So they tried to impeach the, the House. What? The <laughs> Homeland Security Chief, I believe. Oh, is this over the border thing? It is over the border thing. The GOP was trying to impeach him because they hate Mexicans. Oh. And the Democrats barely beat them. That's kind of scary. It is scary. They they were uh, if they bring it up again, they'll probably successfully impeach a man just because they have a grudge over uh the border security situation. Uh it's scary but just you know we are the number one source for news oh yeah yeah yeah. and, and to, the, to that effect i actually have a story from the border that we can cover re- relatively quickly apparently over the weekend there was a take back our border convoy that rushed to the south border of texas where they discovered and told reporters that they are very confused about what they were told was happening and what's actually happening They expected to see lines of immigrants lined up wanting entry and many trying to cross over the normal outside the normal ports of entry. They say this isn't happening at all. In fact, they aren't seeing lines at all. No one crossing the border (laughs) or not a crisis. Some aren't even sure why they're there. (laughs) So um, did these take back our border nincompoops think they would come down there and they'd be like flowing over the wall like World War Z? Yeah, I think they, that one clip of the zombies stacking up into a pyramid to go up a wall like so many ants, that is what they were what they were picturing in their minds. And uh, I, I hate to say it, but nobody's trying to get into America all that badly. It, it's not good here. 
they could go to any other country now and probably get a better a better shot. I mean, for for a lot of people, I I never want to like denigrate the plight of people who choose to immigrate to the U.S. because they they can have a better life here. But also, for what it's worth, crossing into the U.S. illegally is extremely like prohibitively expensive and dangerous. So it's yeah. not like it's not a common choice. I mean, least of all because of how expensive it is. It could take someone like years to save up enough money to be to find a like reputable smuggler to get them across the border anyway. Uh, it's it's not it's just not happening at the regularity that these almost like the border crisis is a racist panic whipped up by the GOP and is in fact a thing that isn't actually happening. It's not happening at all. Love it. I, I love. I just, I just love it. The thing is, when you make up a fake talking point to whip up people, and you're also incentivizing people now. I mean, this sort of inciting language has been used forever, but people are now acting on it because, I don't know, there's a breaking point. January 6th was like the main indicator. It's like, oh, we're actually going to like make action on the words that we're hearing now. So like more and more people are, are like actually acting on the these empty rhetoric that's being thrown about. So it's like you got to hedge your bets. You can if you make up a fake border crisis, you you got to bet that somebody's got to be there. So you know, hire some actors. Mm, yeah, of course. Put them across the border. And mm-hmm. you know, actors who are willing to maybe get shot. By- yeah, you know. <laughs> I I think you could put hazard pay in there. Right. Just uh, just hazard pay. Get like a few actors. Get some uh, yeah. serapes, sombreros. Anything less, and you're being lazy at your politician job. Yeah, I, I think it's really important for these people to understand. Like, I, I want number one. It's important that it fits into like their cultural biases. So the actors that are supposed to be pretend storming the border, obviously serapes and sombreros. There are a few of them that are dressed up like the lead guy from Narcos. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Just just people who are like uh, just dressed up as people that these nincompoops, nincompoops will recognize uh, as, as the clear and present threat that they are. Not people spending a ton of money and risking their lives and the lives of their families for a infinitesimally small chance at a better life. Not that. Not that, indeed. But, John, what do we do? It's now February. It's true, the month of cupidity. The month of cupidity is upon us. Make sure you've got plans for Cupid Day, because, I mean, what else? What else? What else are you going to do? You know, I, 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 it, it's, it's interesting, Henry, yeah. that I chose to say cupidity, like Cupid, you know, with uh-huh. his 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 little arrows but did, i don't know if you caught a little bit of wordplay in there cupidity um also stands for as uh, is greed and these corporate fat cats are raking in the money all february cuz we've, uh, we've, we've 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 commodified love don't you see the month of february is supposed to be not the month of valentines and giving money to target it's it's you know it's crazy what they've done who 
The the fat cats. The fat cats are making greed. The fat the... cats. They they're raking in the money. They're teaching us. Oh, you gotta love. Oh, you gotta love. Those and bastards. what do we do? We fall for it. We fall for it. We love, and we send them laughing all the way to the bank. I can't believe these greedy fat cats are teaching us to love. So we'll spend money on our so-called loved ones that we've been tricked into loving by the fat cats. So we'll spend money on them. It's a full Ouroboros. I know. It, it's a never-ending perpetual cycle. I'll start with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. We've commodified everything. Nothing's pure anymore. Yeah, we put uh, that deer to work because his talents could make the commercialization of Christmas possible. And now look where we are. You gotta buy the chocolates. You gotta buy the flowers. You gotta buy the card that you didn't write. And you just signed your name on lazily a second before entering the door. You gotta do all these things or else you don't love. Yeah. It, think, do do something, do, just do a quick word decomposition cardio the heart the organ of love from cardio we get card valentine's day card from card we get car valentine's day car they want us to go out and buy cars for our loved ones fill up the roads with their gas guzzling nissans it's disgusting what they've done they're destroying the planet, and for what? The 50 bucks it takes to fill up half of a quarter of a tank of my new Valentine's Day edition 2024 Hummer? It's it's truly disgusting. that These, these fucking fat cats will stop at nothing. I was going to make a... Um, I was going to make a weird, like, taking advantage of neurodivergent people joke when we were talking about Rudolph. But have you seen this show uh, In the Know or whatever? No, I'm not in the know on In the Know. It's a uh, stop-motion animated uh, comedy show about, like, NPR written by Mike Judge. You know of Office Space, King of the Hill, Beavis and Butthead fame, and Idiocracy. Yeah, yeah. Man, it stinks. It's not good. It's mm. it's so disheartening how bad it is. But Zachary Woods is in it. Uh, Zach Woods is, I think, one of the writers and co-creators, and it's still just not... Oh, it It no. feels like... It feels like affluent people like punching across and slightly down, and it just doesn't feel good to watch. Um, and the no is my ultimate source for news stories that I need to know delivered directly to me on the platform I love. Huh? That's a different thing. Yeah, this is a um, show. So they didn't. Yeah, yeah, it's on Peacock, and it sounds like they failed the first rule. Of uh, marketing your show, and that that is, of course, fucking own the SEO of it. Yeah, it, it seems like it's the name of a lot of different things, including a very popular phrase. Yeah, well, I'll not be watching that. Yeah, just do what uh, just do what I'm doing and watch a lot of uh, Survivor and TikToks. 
do what I did and watched all of Has Been Hotel in one sitting. Wow, it would really be great with you bringing this up if we were able to talk about the guy who bankrupted himself. Let's do commissioning it. Commissioning a music video. No. We teased um, it. We teased it last week. We never got to it. I think we've got time for it now. There's nothing going on. Okay, I, I didn't... Uh... I didn't prepare. I prepared something last week and I don't have notes from that. So I'll just read an article about it and maybe try to summarize. Uh, one of one of the most uh, inscrutable headlines for anyone outside the know is the headline on the Mary Sue. Did you two? Oh, did take it again. Did YouTuber Verbalace spend $50,000 for a thirsty has-been hotel AMV? Uh, did he? Uh, God, this article is so long. Okay, I'll just go for it. Uh, at Adam S. Verbalace Evans feels like a YouTuber from an ancient time. Unfortunately, Verbalace's content isn't the reason people are chatting about the YouTuber these days. Cutting. Uh, with 17 years worth of experience on the platform, Verbally struck gold with his cartoon beatbox battle series back in the late 2010s. Da -da 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 -da. Now his name is cropping up for a different <laughs> reason. You see, there's a strange... I'm just reading it verbatim. Uh, there's a strange claim floating around that the beatboxing YouTuber spent what could be someone's entire annual salary on a bizarre has-been hotel AMV. One with some kinky elements. Uh, but is it true? Did Verbalace drop 50 grand to hook up with Charlie from Has-Been Hotel? Here is what we know. I just want to jump in and say AMV is animated music video for those who didn't know. Yes, it used to be anime music video, and then they took that from us. Because well, uh, it has, used to yeah. just be cutting together clips of anime with music on top, and then the, yeah. the form broadened over time. It has been Hotel is not an anime, so it cannot be applied here. It must be animated. I remember in the uh, heyday of AMVs, I would spend up to an hour downloading a video of Rock Lee set to a song by Disturbed or whatever. Yeah, there was a lot of Linkin Park Naruto videos back in my day. Yeah, I um, I think I I think I saw like a romantic AMV maybe for Yu Yu Hakusho. No, it was a different show set to Blurry by Puddle of Mud. A great time for the content. Uh, the AMV controversy centers entirely around a strange music video called Hide Away, directed by a man named Stephen Chase. In it, Charlie Morningstar from Has Been Hotel performs an occult spell that draws Verbalace into Happy Hotel. I don't want to like read. They have sex in the music video. He I'm watching the music video, so I'll just... What I'm going to do for this story is continue to watch the music video while you continue to explain other things about it. Please. Uh, a fascinating thing to me about the reception to this music video is a lot of people say that the music in it slaps or is a bop, and I don't agree. I don't think the song is very good. Uh, for the uh, record, I am not listening to the song. I am merely watching the visuals. Uh, how did it go viral? This is just literally two paragraphs talking about how many retweets something got. Um but so, did Verbally spend 50k on the animation? 
It's incredibly hard to confirm whether Verbally's dropped 50 grand in cash over the horny has-been hotel AMV. Uh, technically speaking, we don't have any definitive proof. According to Discord DMs provided by Twitter user at the start of luck, Verbalace supposedly claimed he was, quote, working on a side project that was, quote, not kid-friendly per Know Your Meme. Is Know Your Meme like a news source now? Uh, in those DMs, Verbalace said he, quote, spent $47,000 on the music video using, quote, professional industry animation. You're watching the video, Henry. Do you think it's professional uh, industry animation? Um, No. Uh, quote, like Disney animators, verbally no. said. Maybe some really, really, um, really talented porn <laughs> animators. Okay. So that that's not nothing. Every, everything's like censored so far, though. Um, like it's more risque than I guess straight up pornographic. Uh-huh. I, I, I appreciate you. The, uh, Verbally proceeded to describe the contents of the Hasbin Hotel AMV and his messages altogether. Le- the leaked Discord DMs imply the quote side project in question was not other than the Hasbin Hotel AMV. If true, that means Verbally had already spent $47,000 on the project in 2021, two years before it was uploaded to YouTube. Oh, okay. That explains some things about the inaccuracies within the video then that, that, okay. Uh, I, I, so it stopped when they kissed the video ended mm. when they, when they kissed. So unless it goes more than that. Okay. So it doesn't, uh, I'm glad that it doesn't show them, actually having sex now husband hotel came out recently right the pilot aired in 2021 uh the full first season just aired on amazon prime video this year 2024 it spent about four years in development uh getting workshopped and trying to be picked up finally being picked up by a24 and aired on amazon prime video but it has been around since 2021 as a pilot on youtube Okay, okay. So this person got started on this quick. Yeah, so, and there's several inaccuracies um, in here. One, Charlie's eyes are notably yellow, not white. Uh, the Happy Hotel, by the end of the pilot, has been renamed the Has-Been Hotel, um, and that is canonically going forward for the rest of it. And, of course, the biggest one, Charlie, is, of course, a lesbian. Ah, see that that would be it, that would be important to know for Mister Verbalace. Yeah. Uh, so it appears as though uh, all all signs point to maybe this uh, one time YouTube medium star uh, maybe spending almost fifty thousand dollars for an AMV where a demon uh, kisses him and maybe heavily implies having sex with him, and of course. Uh, the writer of this article in the Mary Sue, Anna Valens, she, her, is a reporter specializing in queer internet culture, online censorship, and sex workers' rights. Her book, Tumblr Porn, details the rise and fall of Tumblr's LGBT-friendly 18-plus world and has been hailed by Autostraddle as, quote, a special little love letter to queer Tumblr's early history. Congratulations, Anna. Your article was a 5 out of 10 to me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like he could dive more into sort of uh I mean you're just covering the the question did this happen but I feel like I would be remiss if you didn't dive into the fact that this is queer erasure. 
<laughs> it, it is definitively queer erasure on the part of Verbalace and his industry-level, Disney-level animators. Yeah, so once again, did not listen to the music, only watch the visuals, have no idea if the song is good or not. I say just sort of maybe avoid whatever this is. And uh, if you have any curiosity from watching so many TikToks about Hasman Hotel on TikTok, wait, yeah, so many TikToks on TikTok, uh, then just check out the pilot, which is mandatory viewing, before checking out the series. And like uh, all the good parts are on TikTok anyway, so maybe just watch the TikToks. Yeah, I'll probably never watch Has Been Hotel. Um, it was fine. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm assuming it's bad. It's it just, was I, I don't know. fine. I, I don't have know found it very difficult to shed my prejudices against Western animation. You can't convince me otherwise. I don't know why I'm this way. I I don't I I don't get it. I don't I don't know why I'm this way. It's okay. I mean, do you like Avatar the Last Airbender? Of course I do. And I like that's, that's Blue Eyed Samurai, which I forget which studio did that, but I think I it's know. a Western joint. Yeah, they're heavily influenced, I guess, by Eastern animation. So are they the best examples? Probably not. You know, I'd, I'd say if there's a spectrum of like Western animation that I can stand to watch and enjoy, like Avatar The Last Airbender and Western animation that I despise with almost every fiber of my being, such as Big Mouth and whatever shows came off of Big Mouth, I can't, I can't stand to look at that show. It's yeah, no, visually it. horrifying. Yeah, um, I, I think from the stills that I've seen has been hotel uh, definitely falls somewhere, maybe in the middle of that spectrum. But Henry, John, I think it's funny you brought up TikTok. Oh, am I just doing everything? The only thing I want to mention before we move on from has been hotel, because we'll likely never talk about it again. But it's so uh. interesting because it falls into a genre of Jado Christian sort of religion without god <laughs> and it's it's just it's funny that it keeps happening like devil man cry baby has been hotel these are deeply rooted in jado christian beliefs of like heaven and hell of lucifer etc but make no mention of like more than that I, uh, listen, anything you can compare to Devil Man Crybaby gets a vote in my book that I'm going to watch it. So if you're telling me Has Been Hotel is the Devil Man Crybaby of 2023, then I'm going to watch it. Um, I mean, Lucifer Morningstar is a character in both. Is that where the comparison ends? Could be. Maybe. Does it end really depressingly after the creator, uh, got very badly depressed and started doing a lot of drugs? No. Damn it. Maybe, well, hope for the second season of Has Been Hotel that the creator will make a very dark, strange ending that no one likes. Yep. TikTok! But you mentioned TikTok, Henry. Yes, I'm constantly there. Uh, I'm on TikTok all the time. You know, we uh, we were saying this in our group chat, but my Instagram Reels content is very, as the Gen Zers say, millennial-coded, uh, which I think is maybe just a side effect of the kind of content that ends up on Instagram Reels. And then my TikTok is very watch-listy. 
Uh, so I, I hope people out there appreciate the difference between their two feeds. Uh, I guess I don't, because for the life of me, you could not make me watch an Instagram reel. I refuse. Shane really? sends me the, she, she sends me them all the time, and I watch them, but I never scroll. I just hit back and watch the next one she sends me. So I guess in that way, I do have a feed, quote unquote. But um, I, I do not do the reels. I do TikTok. I watch the angry chefs. They flip me off as they cook their delicious food. It is very funny. And then it's all has-been hotels. Yeah, I guess I'm pretty similar with my uh, my reels algo in that I get sent a lot of them and I watch them. And sometimes I like click into the reels and watch like three of them or five of them and like two of them kind of hit and the other three really make me angry. And then I stop watching Instagram reels. It's like, I, it's almost like Instagram reels are meant to make you mad and show you content you won't like. TikTok though shows me people making guns. Oh no. When you said watch listy, I thought you meant on like a neighborhood watch. You mean like federal. Yeah, no. My TikTok has started serving me up some crazy stuff, but I can tell you one thing it's gonna serve me less of. Hmm. The music from Universal Music Group. That's right, John. I saw this headline a couple of days ago. It seems like all music from the Universal Music Group was ceremoniously pulled from the platform recently. I'm sure you have more details. Uh, Yes. Uh, Last week, I believe universal music group pulled all of their catalog from TikTok. Uh, So videos that were once soundtracked by the voices of, you know, post Malone or Taylor Swift or name another universal music group artist. Phil Collins. Maybe. Uh, Mariah Carey, I think, is universal. Uh, and now Tomlin's not even the artists... Thing. Not even the artists themselves can share their music on the app. Uh, in an open letter published last week, Universal Music Group placed the bulk of the blame on concerns about artificial intelligence. Quote, TikTok is allowing the platform to be floated flooded with AI-generated recordings, as well as developing tools to enable, promote, and encourage AI music creation on the platform itself, the corporation wrote, going as far as to accuse the short-form video app of, quote, sponsoring artist replacement by AI. Drake. Drake is perhaps on Universal Music Group. Also, perhaps Dick Pick leaked. That was another thing that I saw and did not engage with. Uh, but yeah, over concerns for AI, Universal Music Group will no longer be represented on TikTok. Any uh, any strong feelings about that? BTS. Sure. Common. Uh-huh. David Banner. Oh, the Hulk. Emma Bunton. Uh-huh. I can't tell if these people are real or not. <laughs> I know David Banner's real. They're, he's the Hulk. He's, he's actually like a pretty mid rapper uh, and also the Hulk. Uh, so my, in my, this is a very strong opinion. I'm about to, about to voice. And it's, it's probably the strongest opinion I hold as a content creator. Uh, 
I feel like this is a good move because the laziest and by far the most instant swipey, scrolly TikToks for me are the ones where people are just lip syncing to somebody else's song or content or like they make up a dance or whatever, but then it's like 50 people doing the dance. Cut that shit out. I know that's how the app started, but the format has evolved. If you're not doing original shit, if you're not flipping me off while cooking the most perfect hamburger I've ever seen, I do not want it. I am not there on TikTok for that. I am there to watch chefs critique other people cook and to make things I could only dream of, of, of making. I'm I'm in an interesting position where like I get it and, and it's especially um, strange considering or poignant. I don't know which uh, pointless word to use. Uh, but TikTok started as a um, the video app. I think Douyin was the was the name of the app originally, and Probably. then um, ByteDance, who owns TikTok, bought Mute Musically, which I think was like a duetting or lip syncing mm-hmm. social media service. And then they just kind of smashed the two together, and TikTok really took off for the reasons you're you're saying which is like the pointless dancing lip syncing duetting videos which agreed i cannot click away from fast enough right so for for a big label like umg to pull their music uh feels pretty huge to me especially considering that a lot of people i guess get like their music from TikTok or they find new songs through TikTok. And I only know this because my wife is younger than me and sometimes will like play a song for me and say, I heard that on TikTok. I'm like, you, at this point, I'm not even getting served TikToks that have like music you could find (laughs) in them. Like that's not a thing that's in my algorithm at all. And my TikTok is just the classic rock songs that play in the background of these cooking videos I keep talking about. Of course. Uh, now, with UMG leaving TikTok for, I, I think one thing that I want to double click on, as it were, is uh, UMG's concerns about AI and TikTok enabling the replacement of artists by AI on the platform. Now, I'm, I'll, I'll say how I feel about it, and uh, it won't get any more complicated, and I'll, I'll maybe throw it to you. That's good. It's good because you know, AI proliferation is bad. We all have concerns about AI being used to replace artists. And I have to admit, UMG is based and goaded for this and they're doing the right thing. Um, I don't know if I have an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean... Don't wouldn't you agree it's bad to replicate an artist using AI and not pay them? But what if it's funny? I mean, <laughs> no. <laughs> I feel no, like this right. is a fairly uncontroversial opinion we both shared until this very moment. No, I got to be contrarian. I think. <laughs> uh huh. I think I should be able to manipulate all. No, I, I can't this yeah uh, it's a good thing it's great so taking it away from tiktok means it's they can't do ai stuff to it it's fully fully protected forever 
Yeah, I mean, like I said, Universal is really on the right side of history because they're removing their artists for fear of it creating an environment in which artists can be replicated by AI. Hold on. Uh, Okay, you're getting the breaking news. Yeah, YouTube creating Uh Uh AI strategy with music labels. Oh, no. Integral to YouTube's plan for AI is a partnership with Universal Music Group Uh to create an AI music incubator Mm. to help gather insights on generative AI experiments and research on the platform. Oh, no. Interesting. It's, It's almost maybe... As if, I don't want to be too conspiratorial here, Um, but it seems like Universal Music Group removing their music for fear of AI might be less a genuine concern for the well-being of the artists and maybe a timely lie that's easily believable while they are actively working with a much larger domestic corporation on ways to replace artists with AI. Wait, that's the opposite of what you said was good. I know it's, you know, I had to change my view in light of new information. Oh no, this is bad. <laughs> this is uh, this is indeed bad. I, I don't know. I, I I wonder if like the vilification of TikTok is deserved at all, or if this is just part of a part of a way to shift things into friendlier, more domestic hyper corporations that are just doing the same thing. I mean, I guess in one regard, this is a win for America. Because we're bringing back all of the shady monetary practices to home soil. Finally, we can rip off the the all of the artists on American soil instead of letting people rip it off overseas. We're taking jobs from foreign powers and also taking money directly from American artists' pockets. We're Americans, goddammit. If anyone's gonna steal money from Americans, it's us. Only we can rip off the Americans that are here. <laughs> Only our, our our huge monopolistic corporations can take advantage of people. Yeah. Also, did uh, you see the uh, that like grilling of the TikTok CEO where they kept asking him <laughs> about being Chinese? Chinese? You're Chinese, right? No, I'm from Singapore. Have you applied for Chinese citizenship? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I know. Uh, very, very stupid people up there. Pretty amazing. Uh, but I do wonder if... The, I'm not sure that this signals like TikTok being done, per se. I don't think it uh, But... I mean, look at, um, so the current most popular internet social media platform for people's aged 15 to 29, I think, is YouTube. Oh, that's bizarre. I know. There's this fascinating article saying uh, YouTube is Gen Z Facebook. 
Um, and then uh, trailing behind that is actually X, and then I think TikTok. Um, well, I think it's YouTube, Instagram, X, TikTok, maybe. You're telling me YouTube is in any way relevant to someone? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I watch a ton of YouTube, but it's mostly for videos about how to paint a goddamn accent wall. I mean, I uh, watch YouTube as well. What I don't do is interact in any way on the platform. I, I don't leave comments. I don't post anything. I I just watch videos and I leave. Is 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 that what we're talking about here? I I think it this metric might have just been based on site traffic, not actual mm. like engagement in the social features. In of that the case, platform, which which what we call social media today is is an increasingly inane and meaningless distinction. Right, but but honestly, in that case, though, you I don't think you can. I don't, I don't think you can track ta- traffic as like, oh, yeah, YouTube is is the most popular social media site. They're not engaging in any social media aspect of the site. They're just watching Persona 3 videos. Yeah, I would wonder if you measured like actual engagement, what it would look like. Because, I mean, I am a TikTok user. I don't engage in any like social media. I don't comment on things. I don't post video. I almost never even like things unless they're tunnel lady. I guess in that regard, if you're thinking of YouTube and TikTok as social media sites, then they're perfectly engineered because they require nothing from the user. It is just consumption. Just watch these things. Just keep watching. Never not watch. It's, to me, an anti-social network to, you know, borrow some some vocabulary I hate because in no way are you actually being social at all. You're not trying to, like, share your life or in- engage with others. You're just watching people dance to Universal Music Group's music. I mean, if, if we're slicing the pear that way, that's an expression. If we're slicing the pear that way. Oh, um, the only way I slice my pears. Horizontally. Um, yes. Then I think Facebook was like the last social media network. Because at right. least on Facebook, as much as I hate Facebook and will never use it again, like I stayed in contact with friends. I sometimes met new people. I scheduled events and went to events that were scheduled by other people. I purchased right. things from Facebook Marketplace. It was a very rich, actually social environment. Yeah, exactly. And that's all gone. Now we're on our own separate algorithms, endlessly scrolling content curated just for us, and a never-ending stream of loosely related content that will never run out. Please keep watching. Don't notice that it says sponsored in the bottom left corner, because we get money when you do that. At least on YouTube, the ads are extremely uh, extremely clear because before a video, someone will say, like, this is a metabolism killer. And you're like, get out of here. But if we do accept this um, maybe flawed supposition that YouTube is the most pop- popular social network uh, and it has had a pretty extensive crackdown on the use of licensed music, maybe TikTok has a life after people start pulling their catalog whole cloth from it. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. It, it will certainly increase uh, piracy. Yeah. Uh, well, that's either, just, yeah. That's just, that's just going around these days. 
Um, everything that every corporation does, like any move they make, Netflix getting rid of their cheapest tier, Amazon Prime adding, you know, ads to everything. Can't watch a movie on Hulu without it being interrupted with ads. You can't watch fucking Mean Girls unless you have stars. All of that just increases piracy. It's like by trying to make more money, they're just driving the customer base away. I think this is an in, this is a circumstance where I think voting with your wallet makes a lot of sense. Because like we all knew that when we started to move to streaming platforms, we were all lobsters being boiled slowly. Yeah. And that if they titrated the temperature just right, we'd be perfectly cooked without even noticing. Uh, but you know what? Due to the... I was going to say due to the inflation crunch. Uh, no, due to rampant corporate greed, which is also the primary driver of inflation, uh, I think they just turned the knob a little too fast because you know what? I uh, I saw an ad on... I don't watch things on uh, Amazon Prime. I only use it for my Paramount Plus subscription where I watch Survivor, uh, and that doesn't have ads. But... I uh, Alice was watching the show Expats, and I saw that they had like ad breaks, and I'm like, "Oh, it's over then." Yeah. We go back. We buy a NAS box. We get a VPN again. We we yeah. download the the BitTorrent client. Like this, this is we, the only yeah. way it can be now. Yeah, you get you get a Plex subscription, and then everything and anything you could ever want is just automatically downloaded to your NAS box. Oh, is that a thing? Yeah, Plex Plex is a way to organize things until like basically you have a dedicated server. I, I don't e- exactly know what I'm talking about here, but you just have a dedicated like box that all it does is download things and then you can access like your shows from anywhere in your house. That sounds great. I'll do that. I mean, I won't do a friend will do that. Yeah, it's hypothetical. Uh, there are Plex also works with your streaming services. It, it's a perfectly legitimate service that you you basically just have one box that's then connected to your local area network that you can access from like any computer or whatever or any smart TV, and then you just you can watch everything from one convenient app. It's not and illegal you, at all. You could maybe like buy a cheap secondhand laptop. Yeah. Put a VPN on it, run it as like a headless interface with a NAS box and just have that download things and then stream it to a TV. Yep. That sounds pretty nice. It's just, yeah, we're getting to a point where uh, I don't want to be milked anymore. I'm out of milk. We're all out of milk. I mean... Like you said, it's like the frog being boiled one degree at a time. I'm ready to hop out the pot. I'm a frog, damn it. And it's got to... Here's the here's the problem. is like when Netflix first started, like... I, I think the big Netflix inflection point was like when they started to have like big shows everyone wanted to watch. And the prime example in my mind is Daredevil when people were like, oh, this is actually pretty good. And it was like during the height of the like Marvel frenzy, uh, people started to like really take Netflix seriously. And I remember watching Daredevil in my like shitty college apartment. And I was like, oh, you know, this is nice. I'm paying a small amount of money per month 
and I'm getting an experience that's more pleasant than piracy, which is, I think, key, is that it was more pleasant because it would just stream sequentially. All the episodes were available. I'm like, oh, this is the first time in my life paying a small fee made sense because it was all served to me. It was all there. It was high quality. It was good UI. It all made sense. Yeah. And just slowly over time, it just makes less and less sense because how many times can I watch a fucking hefty ad while I'm just trying to watch a show? Like, we, we have to say enough is enough. It would be one thing, like, when Hulu first got started and they're like, yeah, it's got ads, but it's free. That was one thing. But then they started charging a subscription fee. And uh-huh. they still had ads. But if you paid more money, you could have less ads. But even then, the ads were like, you can watch a one-minute ad at the beginning of the show, and you'll watch it uninterrupted. I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. And then it's like, well, if you watch this five-minute ad, you'll get no ads for the rest of the day. Like, that's even better. But now it's, you will get interrupted in a 24-minute show. We will have four ad breaks, which yeah. is fucking insane, because even network television is like, yeah, one ad break in the middle of the show. That's it. I mean, we may get to a point with if ad support continues <clears throat> to be ubiquitous, where shows meant for a platform like Netflix or Hulu will have ad breaks built in, like a like anything that you watch now that's been ported from like being on network television to a streaming service. It drops out for an ad break. Like it might become ubiquitous enough that ad breaks come back. Yeah. And they're just, I mean, they're, they're just hard. They're, they're hard in the edit for anything you watch. The, the crazy thing is with the advent of streaming these past, whenever Netflix started creating original content, creators stopped writing in ad breaks. Mm-hmm. So now if we're going to implement ad breaks in the middle of Netflix shows that were written without them. It's if you want to rewatch stuff, you want to rewatch season one, orange is a new black the pacing will be off. Boom. Now we get ad breaks and a show that was never written to have them. It would be like adding ads to game of Thrones. I mean, I'll watch sometimes um, like a, a movie might be available on like fucking Tubi or something. Right. Uh, and I don't, I just don't feel like paying the $4 for it, even though I should. I'm like, I, I just want to watch big night or whatever. It's only available on Tubi. By the way, big night is not available on Tubi. It's on canopy, a surprisingly good streaming service you have access to through the public library. Oh, cool. Um, and I'm like, okay, fine. I'll watch big night on Tubi or whatever. And then like during major, like, Major points in a film, it'll just cut to an ad. Like you could be watching a movie and some some dear character will get shot in the back of the head and then we'll cut to an ad for Dawn Power Wash or something. Like it's it's it is a completely insane experience. We wanted Jamie got interested a while back. This might be a couple of years ago. She's like, I've never seen Catch Me If You Can. And I was like, okay, let, let's find it. And it was on like Tubi, Freebie, one one of these, you know, watch with ads, net net uh, streaming platforms. I was like, well, it's a movie. I mean, how bad could it be? And of course, with movie mixing, everything is mixed real low, except for like the soundtrack, which is real high. So it's like we got it turned way up so we can hear the dialogue. 
And then literally in the middle of scenes, boom, here's an ad at full blown modern volume that is deafening and just makes us mad. Whatever product we're seeing, we are mad at the product. It is achieving inverse results. I am not going to buy Tide because of this fucking Tide ad that played in the middle of Catch Me If You Can. And then it would go back and time will have elapsed in the movie. Not the equivalent oh yeah that's time. all that's always the best one is like you right. mi- you somehow miss like four seconds between yeah, the yeah. ad starting and it coming back missing four seconds in a movie a medium that is not supposed to you're not supposed to experience any interruptions in the content seems critical because boom we're back and we're like someone else is talking in a new location what the fuck did we miss Un- uh, just unbelievable it's it's. I guess both solutions that we end up with for reintroducing ads to streaming platforms are bad, which is writing back in ad breaks and then taking everything that wasn't written for ad breaks and just slapping ads all over it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there's a good solution. I get that ads are like a good way to make profits even higher but I can't help but think we're suffering from line must go up syndrome when it comes to these streaming services because they're increasing prices, not even year after year, like quarter after quarter, they're increasing subscription prices. And it's just like if 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 you're hurting so bad that this is necessary and you're adding ads on top of it, I feel like the writing's on the wall. Like this is not sustainable. I can't keep paying more for what is going to be ultimately like less content and less great content. I can't tell you the last time I watched a Netflix original movie and thought it was good. I mean, I can remember plenty of times when I try to watch a Netflix original or a Hulu original. And after five minutes, Alice and I looked at each other and say, we don't want to watch this anymore. This is not... It's just not good. Um, There's not enough innovation, period, to justify the price. We are deep in the midst of the, like, myth of infinite growth for all of these companies. And I think that if we go into a future where, like, the Fed relaxes rates a little bit, I I think a lot of these companies might start to implode or something really... Uh, seismic might happen in the economy because when Fed rates start to drop, we start to index growth higher. So we want these companies to grow faster, even though they were growing at a breakneck pace uh, during the pandemic and the ensuing years to like keep the lights on, they're going to push growth and try to grow customer bases and bring those customers in at a higher price point. Like it's it's not going to happen. It, it we're, I feel like we are racing toward a breaking point uh, because we are just rocketing still f- forward into this this world of like let's keep increasing profits year after year at the expense of employ employees. Yeah. The beginning of this year, we've seen across the tech industry, the tech sector, just layoff after layoff for a ton of companies that are still posting 
you know, really good quarters, really good year ends. And it's like, well, why are we cutting employee jobs if they're having these great years? And then within hours of announcing the layoffs, they also announce, oh, there's a $50 billion stock buyback. Yeah. Um, And this is meta. This happened today. They cut, like, I don't know. I'm going to just say some numbers, but I don't know if these numbers are correct. But they laid off like 4,500 employees, and then they announced a $50 billion buyback of their stock. And it's just like, the more you hurt the employees, the worse we're all going to be. <laughs> I mean, there if was a just, great fear. Oh, please. Well, if we just keep giving money to the stockholders, the people who don't even work and aren't buying the products, they're just hoarding wealth. There's not going to be enough money to buy the products for the everyday person. So that means that's going to be less consumers, less money going in, more raised prices, more ads, less customer satisfaction, less people buying. It's a negative feedback loop. I mean, if we just look at it in terms of like, net balance, right? If you assume corporations are on one side and then individuals are on the other, we've been draining the individual pool of funds for so long. And now at an accelerated rate that that's, it's going to run out. Like there's going to be a point at which people aren't willing to pay for your thing for the sake of growth while you continue to pay uh, exorbitant uh, exit packages to uh, founders who are disgraced, who get fired. Uh, you, you continue to give huge bonuses to CEOs. Like they're continuing to take our money and spend it not on innovation for us at all, yeah. but just to like make shareholders in the C-suite happy. It's got to turn bad eventually. Right. Like this is, we're getting rapidly toward a let them eat cake scenario. Like, I want to believe we live in a world where revolution could be possible, but at this point, I don't know what it would take. (laughs) It just seems like year year after year, things are getting worse for everybody. And yet here we are still saying we got to go vote. And it's like, I don't know if voting is going to change things anymore. And I don't mean to be using like sort of incendiary language, but it, it just feels like, Nothing is going to change unless there is like gross upheaval. I mean, uh, you know, I don't want to call for a revolution on the podcast, but we need it. And now on the side, I'm looking up how to use Docker containers for uh, certain certain processes. <laughs> Suddenly uh, TikTok is showing me how to sharpen machetes. Oh no, this is just uh, Docker containers for uh, to, for streaming very legal content uh, <laughs> for my uh, very legal. Anyway, I don't want Amazon anymore. I don't want, I don't want Netflix anymore. It's, none of it's good. The only thing that's good is Survivor. Yeah. Um, if you figure out some stuff, maybe you share it with your friends. Uh, maybe I will. You want to, how much do you want to learn about containerization? I don't know what that means. So everything it's, it's, you put a, you put an application, a little container. Oh, I don't know. What yeah. That means. 
So we'll every container application. Give me everything. I don't know. I don't know anything. I'm I'm very dumb. I'll set you up with a NAS box, but it will only have Survivor on it. Honestly, that's okay. I mean, there's 40 seasons of it. It would take you a long time to run out. Oh, so if I'm ever stranded on a desert island, I should wish for the complete series of Survivor? Uh, Yeah, I, I'd say that probably like over a boat or food. I might, I'm, I might even like learn how to uh, get off the island. Yeah. Oh, the island. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, if, listen, if you got, I guarantee you one thing. If you watch 40 seasons of Survivor on that island, you would learn to outwit, outplay, and outlast. Is that the tagline? It, it is. Amazing. Very good. Really quick sidebar. There, there is a really funny moment in a season of Survivor I'm watching. Have I watched six plus seasons in the few weeks that I've been watching it? Sure. Um, there's a really funny moment where uh, someone is just like totally out angled socially uh, is like totally beaten in a game and then is voted off. And they do like little exit interviews at the end. He's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's a good game. I'm just not really sure that I ever got outwitted, outplayed or outlasted. I'm like, man, you got all three. <laughs> You lost the game. (laughs) People lied to you about who they were going to vote for, and you got voted off. You did get outwitted, outplayed, and outlasted. Come on. Fascinating. You you get really into, like, the the dumb strategy of it. Also, it's, it's in kind of a, this is my survivor talk now. Uh, it's, it's like in a period of time where I think television was less, less ethical. And sometimes you're watching, you're like, did the production crew start that fire that destroyed their tent? They might've started that fire that destroyed their tent. So it's like primo Blair witch project kind of time. Yeah, well, okay. So Blair Witch Project came out during, I think, the first season, and they have like a Blair Witch Project themed challenge. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> and you know what it is? It is just a regular challenge, except at the end of every leg of the challenge, they have to point a camcorder at their face and say that they completed it. And that is the only way that it is tied to the Blair Witch Project at all. Yeah. But they're like, we're going to have our own Blair Survivor or Survivor Witch Project. <laughs> it's it's not good. Jeff Probst is a demon. Well, look, trickster demons are among us. And if they just find uh, purchase and as, as TV game show host, I feel like that's the best outcome for us all. There, there's a real moment I think in like season three where Jeff Probst goes from being like a neutral observer to trickster demon. When I think in that season, genuinely he sidles up to someone being like, "Hey, you want big bags of rice? Give, give me your blankets." And they have to decide if they want to give. And he just comes. This isn't like an event. He just walks up to camp being like, I got all this rice. If you give me your blankets, you can have it. And then then he walks away with all their blankets. It's great. It's a great show. Fascinating. I, wow. Best show on television. 
Uh, honestly, you're selling it pretty hard. Um, we're watching the new Mr. and Mrs. Smith uh, with Donald Glover. And oh, I always forget her name. Uh, I'm looking it up. Oh, Maya Erskine. Erskine? Oh, I don't know her. She's from stuff. She's been around. I know Donald Glover. He's that childish Gambino. And not anymore. He's not. But uh, yeah, we've been watching that on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, this is uh, not sponsored. And uh, <laughs> Nice. Do you love those ad breaks? Uh, so the f- thing is, so far, it just plays one ad for an Amazon product at the beginning, and then it's ad-free during the, the entire show. Mm. So I'm like, this is great, but I know it won't fucking last. <laughs> yeah, and then you'll get seven seven per i hope yeah. we don't uh i hope we don't get any ads during the big game i'd hate if I <laughs> oh man i would get so mad i would Wait, be no, so what? mad if the big only, game got interrupted with advertising i would be so mad i only watched the big game oh my god if that changed ever. this year if that changed this year and they made fucking ads show up i'd be pissed off you know, you know what really sucks, and this could be like we could end cap the whole episode with this because uh, it's funny you brought up the big game um, and the commercials there within. But John, they're already fucking airing. Like, they're already news stories about oh such and such and such and such reunite for a, a, a big game commercial. Oh my god, is that why is that why Larry David strangled Elmo? He was mad that he couldn't have an FTX commercial this year. Yeah, probably. Probably so. That's probably why that happened. But it's I'm just if if it's a big game commercial, it only exists during the big game. Don't show it before. That's <laughs> bullshit. I mean, how do you know it's a big game commercial? It's clearly a pre-big game commercial. Right. Any fucking commercial that happens before the big game that then shows during the big game fucking poser get out yeah, of not here. a big game com- a big game commercial happens once and then maybe it's a regular advertisement on tv that's like shorter than the the big game ads are like the oscars of ads yeah um wait you got paramount plus is that what you said yeah, I get Paramount Plus. Can we borrow it for the big game? Oh, is is it on Paramount Plus? It is, yeah. It's a CBS affair. Uh, weird. Yeah, I mean, it's attached to our Amazon Prime subscription, so as long as we still have that, we get Paramount Plus. Why did we get Paramount Plus? It was for something, and then we just kept it rolling, and now we have to keep it until I finish Survivor. Yeah, I guess you do. Hmm. So are you sign in through Amazon. We can talk. Take this off air. Well, here's what's so stupid about you can't all go of through it. the app. I'm so confused. No, no, no. You just go through like the Amazon Prime Video app and you log in. And since it's tied to our Amazon Prime Video account, you also get access to Paramount Plus content through the Amazon Prime Video app. But we do not have a sign-in for Paramount Plus. This is critical. Oh, fuck. So that, okay. I'll have to unsign in from Amazon Prime. Yeah, you'll have so to sign in. And then I'll have in. to sign in and hope. It, that, yeah. Because and then at it, the end of the night, I'll have to sign in. To the, 
it might be exclusive to the Paramount Plus app. We got, we that's on the TV. We got that. No, no, no. I'm just saying I don't have a login to the Paramount Plus app, and I never oh, will. Man. Can you guys show up This early? is how stupid it all is. <laughs> all of this is like your Hulu just... has your Paramount and your Stars and yeah. your Hulu on it, but your mm-hmm. Prime has your show, your Showtime or whatever the fuck. Uh, they're all just incestuously mating, and there's like weird carryover between the apps and i was trying to watch the curse as it oh came yeah out. it's on stars right yeah it's on stars through hulu or through amazon prime or <laughs> through google tv or something and i found a way to watch it and like at first uh when it was first coming out i would try to like watch it and be like you don't have a subscription I'm like Cool. I guess I don't. And then I watch again. It's like, welcome to Stars. You <laughs> you already had one. I I don't know what we're paying for. All of these are on Allison's bank statement. Amazing, amazing. I it's it's fascinating that no one knows how to get anything. No one knows. <laughs> Here's what's great. We live in a world where. You and I, two arguably smart adults, have no idea how to watch <laughs> the biggest sporting event of the country. Like, I'm trying Think to go- about that for a second. Think about how insane it is that we have no idea how to yeah. watch the biggest sporting event in the country. And, in fact, the biggest one of these sporting events, maybe of the last 50 years. Yeah, I, I, it, it's like I'm trying to stay legal with it. I'm trying not to resort to illicit means just because, like, I want to watch it in real time. I don't want the delay. And also of sometimes course. those go down in the middle of the game, and that's really stressing for everybody involved. Of course. So I, I'm trying to, uh, like, go about this in legal channels, and it's like, oh, you look up. It's like, oh, you tune into CBS. I'm like, oh, I don't have cable. Oh, it's on the Paramount Plus app. Okay, that's the one app we don't have. So I get, like, the one subscription we're not subscribing to. So it's like, oh, maybe I can, like, borrow a login. It's like, is there a free trial? It's like, all this just to watch, ostensibly, a game that should be free. (laughs) A game that should be free, or at least, I mean... You didn't know what it was on. Found out it's on Paramount Plus. You asked your good friend with a Paramount subscription, hey, can I use it? That friend said, sure, but it might be exclusive to the app. And I have a I have a fucked up arrangement where I can watch Paramount stuff, but I can't use the app. Uh, this shouldn't be the case. Like in a world where streaming works, you should know what the big game is on. You should know how much it costs to be a member of it. Right. Like, it should be that simple. Like that's, it should be like, okay, I have to pay $13 a month to get Paramount Plus, And I'll get that right now and I can watch it. And I can know with certainty I'll be able to watch it. Stupid. It's, it's very dumb. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired of dealing with it. Like, a, a, as just a consumer, it's like, I should be able to watch what I want to watch. But big news. What's up? Next episode. We'll have big game coverage for you right here. Our you- annual big 
game coverage. There is no show on the network of all podcasts. We're now part of a podcast network, except we're all part of one race, the human race, and we're all part of the same podcast network, all podcasts. Uh, there is no podcast on the network of all podcasts that knows more about sports than we do, especially American football. Yeah. And especially the 49ers and the chiefs. We are experts on Travis Kelsey, on Patrick Mahomes, on a third player. And we are going to bring you all the hard hitting football. It's football, right? Yeah, it's football. American football facts and stats. We're going to have them all for you for our big game, annual big game episode of the year of that's what annual means. It's, it's all going down next week. It's all going down next week. And you know me, I'm Vegas long odds draft Kings. John, I'm going to bring you the action table side. That's right. For the first year ever, we're going to talk sports betting on the zero credits podcast it's very popular right now it's almost like sports betting always becomes more popular during times of economic uncertainty we're gonna cover it the vegas odds coming right to you here's a teaser the vegas odds right now two to one the 49ers beat the chiefs see if it's real see if it's not Bet the house. You need to tune in next week. Watch the game and tune in next week. And a little bit of a a little bit of gambling trivia for you. Okay. When you bet the house on something, you always win. In Vegas, there's a little saying: "The house always wins." So if you really want to bet to come through, bet the house on it. I'm getting note from legal that none of what we're saying is actual financial advice. And so you need to do what you feel is best. I'm racing for pinks and those pinks are the deeds to houses. (laughs) My house isn't that fast. Uh, Is that that bad? My house does have a lot of nitrous oxide in it, but Henry, Henry, I think that brings us to the end of another well-researched episode of Zero Credits. That's right, John, and I'll be handling everything this week. That's right, everything. I've got it all. So if you want to get in contact with us, the Zero Credits podcast, that's who you've been listening to for the past hour. Hope you knew that. Uh, you can reach us on ElonMusksX.com, formerly Twitter, at ZCPCWHJ on X.com. And I believe my co-host, John, understands what that stands for. That's right. That stands for Transmission, Deluge, and Cubitorrent. That's absolutely correct, John. Thank you, as always, for being very accurate. Uh, if you want to send us an email, we have an email address as... Everyone also legally has to. Haha. Reach us at email at wait, what is it called? No, that's wrong. That's been wrong for years. 
Zero Credits is a podcast at gmail.com is our email address. That is correct. Sorry, I had a momentary lapse in time where I thought it was the brief period in which we had a different email address. That time is over. You can find us on many different podcasting apps, but here is ones that are gone now. Uh, Stitcher is gone. Google Podcast will be leaving. Don't find us there. Instead, find us where you're listening to us now. Uh, And if that app or application or website has the ability to leave a rating or review, that would be great if you would do so. We would help us out so much, gain more visibility to have more friends, to have more fams, to have a bigger family that we can all share one Paramount Plus password that John provided to all of us. He's very good and very generous. But the best way you can help us all out is by telling people about our podcast. That's right. Talk to people in the real world. Quit your remote job. Get an in-office job. Then bother everybody in your office with your podcast recommendations. And only recommend us. Zero credits. That's the name of the show. And tell them, hey, these, these guys, these blokes, these gents... They have the best takes on the things you care about. That's right. Streaming services, water cooler talk, football. We've got it all here on Zero Credits. Tell them that. Word of the mouth, I don't know if you know this, is the only way we can survive. Now, I think a lot of those Stitcher shows have moved over to HeadGum. Oh, HeadGum's getting real big right now. Yeah, HeadGum's getting real big. So if you want to put together a spec doc to pitch a show where you and I watch every episode of Survivor, one episode per week, uh, we'll submit it, we'll get on HeadGum, we'll be fabulously wealthy, and uh, yeah, pretty much solve all our problems right there, Jake and Demir. I don't... I kind of know those names, but I really don't. And from everyone here at the Zero Credits, soon to be a Survivor podcast studios with a real editor and everything, we'll have a glass door. We'll have a sliding glass door and a big on-air sign. Studios, we want to wish you a happy week. Goodbye. Goodbye.